My guest this week on the show is David Citron. David is a fellow Irishman. He's based in London, and he's the founder of a brand called Expresso Coaching. Right now, there is a theme emerging since COVID of neurodiversity. We're increasingly aware of diversity. We also have the themes of neurodiversity, and some conditions in that world include ADD and ADHD. It's extraordinary the number of highly talented people, both running their own businesses as consultants or trainers, have ADD or ADHD. And also, it's quite remarkable how many people who are coaching clients have this. And I know that for a fact, a couple of people of mine benefit from coaching because they have ADD or ADHD and need that micro-focus or micro-coaching. And that's something that David explains today, what exactly micro-coaching is, how you can help coaching clients to get things done, why neurodiversity matters in learning and development. And of course, if you're working with people who are clients of yours, how you need to adjust to those factors, how hyper-focus can help you to achieve why often so many self-employed and self-driving freelancers feel stressed, how to prioritize the right thing to do in your business on a daily basis, which is a struggle for many of us, and why you need to access your prefrontal cortex and what that means for your organization. Loads of valuable stuff in this week's episode. This is the Training Business Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Hey, welcome to the Training Business Podcast. My name is Mark. I'm the host of the show. This is the weekly show for self-employed consultants, trainers, coaches, people like you and I all around the world. And as I say each week, the focus is on the business of you making money from your programs, workshops, courses, keynotes, etc., etc., all the stuff between your ears. But sometimes the stuff between your ears doesn't perhaps help you as much as you need it to. And if you're listening to this thinking, I have a problem with self-organization, with prioritization of what I need to do to be effective and to run my own business, then I think you're going to find this episode extremely valuable. I'm a self-employed trainer, coach, and published author. I've been employed, self-employed, unemployed, um, and I love to share my experiences as well as, more importantly, those of my guests who come on the show every single Thursday to help you wherever you are on this wonderful journey in this wonderful world of learning, coaching, training, and development. Please click on follow or subscribe to be notified of new episodes as they come out, whichever podcast platform you happen to be listening to us on today. It costs nothing and takes only a couple of seconds, but really means a lot to me and the team if you subscribe. And I'd like to thank you in advance for that. Let's talk to David. David, hi, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Mark. Thanks for having me. So in this week's episode, I want to rack your brains about this, um, why you feel it's your mission to help people through Expresso Coaching to turn it into a superpower, 
what ADHD or ADD is, both from the perspective of someone who is in the training, consulting, coaching space like you and I, but also how we can allow for neurodivergence when dealing with paying clients, because increasingly we're aware of the needs, the varied needs of audiences, both in terms of diversity, but also neurodiversity. Sure. So um, I actually um, fell into the ADHD world. Um, uh, I may be undiagnosed ADHD myself. I'm, I always say that I'm so ADHD that my psychiatrist friend who gave me a form to fill out a few years ago, I still haven't got around to filling in that form. Um, uh, but uh, what I would say is like I intended to help people from a purely coaching level, like standard coaching for a long time. I worked with 900 clients across uh, 17 years and thought I was doing really well with them. And then I came across this guy, Joe, a few years ago. And no matter what I tried with him, and this is where the ADHD showed up, no matter what I tried with him, uh, all sorts of different strategies and Tony Robbins and Stephen Covey and motivational and this and that and the other, um, he would agree with me. He was a business guy. He wanted to grow his business with sales. He would agree with me on the kind of game changer actions that we'd come up with by the end of normal coaching sessions. It was like a normal 45-minute coaching session. But what would keep happening was the following week, he'd come back and he wouldn't have taken the action. And this happened time and time again. I tried this, I tried that. And um, what ended up happening was it was two, three months in. He had had some minor breakthroughs. I had tried all sorts of things. In the end, I just racked my brains. I said, you know what? I've just got to make this happen for this guy. And um, I said to him, you know, uh, you're you're sort of going off track a couple of days into each week uh, through fear or distraction, something like that. And if I could just get rid of that white space for you and be there for you, it would be incredible. So I ended up making a micro-coaching call for him five times a week, Monday to Friday, and just four minutes. And I constructed this call, especially for this guy, Joe. And he said, yeah, I'll try this, you know, whatever. You know, I've tried everything before. And uh, he ended up taking 12 times more action than ever before. So, you know, I shared it with a few more people. And then after a year of piloting this with about 30 people, it turned out that the people who were rolling each month with this, ironically, the people who were sticking with this, all had ADHD, um, ADHD or ADD. And so it was- What's the difference, David? Let's clarify that for people listening. Yeah. So the um, the difference there is the hyper. So there's the um, attention, you know, uh, the focus with ADD, which is sort of can go off track. The hyper is not necessarily hyper like climbing the walls. And I don't claim to be a psychiatrist, but- from what I understand of it, it's not necessarily hyper in terms of climbing the walls. Not every, we often think of the hyper young, you know, 10 year old or whatever, you know, causing havoc in class. But on an adult ADHD level, it's often hyper thinking um, and, you know, sort of thinking and jumping from lots of, to lots of different things. But, you know, there's, there are tests uh, released by the likes of Harvard about creativity and, those tests actually show that the bigger jump there is in points in a in a conversation or in a in a level of thinking uh, that someone has, 
the more they are on the creative side of things. So often people with ADHD and sometimes ADD will often have talents that are unexpressed in, in the world um, simply because they're not following through like Joe wasn't following through. But if they had some sort of mechanism, system support or whatever, their legacy would be um, would be found in the world on a greater level. And there's all sorts of examples of that where people have mastered their ADHD and the likes of, you know, everyone from Richard Branson to Michael Phelps to Will I Am, and, you know, some people claim the Thomas Edisons and the Leonardo da Vinci's. Um, it's, you know, that jumping around creativity, but harnessed and channeled um, can really, you know, create game changer effects on this world. There's been a huge increase in people claiming to have ADD or ADHD online um, in the past couple of years, particularly during COVID. And I want to approach this conversation today from two perspectives. As I said, one, what it's like to be someone who's a coach, facilitator, trainer, um, someone who's an expert consultant in an area running their own business with this um, paradigm or neurodivergence, because a lot of trainers... I think, express some kind of behavior which might lead me to believe that there's an element of ADD or something about them. They love this impact, instantaneous feedback in the moment of training. But when it comes to organizing their own businesses, it's a bit haphazard. Um, they have a problem getting organized. And secondly, from the perspective of our paying clients, we need to recognize neurodivergence increasingly and make allowances for people who, when we're training them, coaching them, mentoring them, are giving off signs that they're not processing things or attaining things or understanding things. Therefore, we have to modulate how we train, how we coach, how we facilitate. Um, I want to start, first of all, with, with the marketplace right now. Have, have you seen an increase in demand for coaching for people with, let's say, elements of neurodivergence in the marketplace? Absolutely. I think there's yeah. a a massive increase in self-acceptance out there um, of mm. various, you know, of neurodiversity um, and not just neurodiversity, but an acceptance of mental health, which has been pushed like uh, by the likes of, you know, Tyson Fury, et cetera. And, and, you know, that sort of move has opened the door for people to not only accept, but also start harnessing the strengths and the good sides of, of some of that neurodiversity. Now, when we open it up to neurodiversity, of course, there's that, that massive range of different you mm -hmm. know, possibilities there. And there's, a, there's a, you know, a sort of a debate out there at the moment that's raging on social media of like, you know, is this a kind of a pushback as there would be with anything? And I think we'll eventually get it right. But, you know, just the nature of that conversation is, oh, well, everyone's calling themselves ADHD now. People are using it as an excuse. It's becoming celebrity culture, all mm. of that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, there is a man-made uh, or person-made diagnosis out there um, by psychiatrists that measures a certain level of you know, uh, attention deficit to the point where it is actually, you know, distracting people from their lives. It's affecting mm. people. And I think, you know, uh, there's another element of all of this, which is just the culture that we've built around ourselves, the constant, 
you know, it's been talked about enough, you know, you know, we're every time a WhatsApp blinks, you know, or a little beep goes off, we're hardly engaging with each other. And every few moments we get distracted. Now, those distractions, you might say, well, it's just a, it's just a few seconds distraction. But actually, it's been shown that it takes approximately 11 minutes to get back into that flow state again, mm -hmm. if we were ever in it. So a lot of people in the ADHD world talk about this concept of hyper-focus that, you know, a lot of people, of my, our, my clients will say to me, you know, uh, before I got involved with this coaching, you know, I was sort of like, I was only doing 5% of what I'm capable of, but other people think that I'm a high achiever. And, I, and yet I know I can do so much more. And the reason that people know they can do so much more is they've seen that in their hyper-focused states, which might be 5 to 10% of the day, they're achieving so much that sort of kind of, you know, blindsides everyone else and makes people think, oh, yeah, they're just chugging along like everyone else. But actually, there's this ongoing frustration in the world of ADD and ADHD, uh, or people. Where, why can't I be like this all the time? Why can't I be like this all the time? Yeah. Um, I'm letting myself down. I had yeah. such potential. It's, it's often the person who's talked about us. They were so clever when they were younger and like, oh, he's going to be the genius that does this, that, and the other. So there's a lot of that, but also just a self-esteem thing about following through, you know? Just, you know, uh, following through on things. You know, I said I'd do something and then I didn't do it. And that consistent knock of self-esteem, that is something that pulls people down. And, you know, when that self-esteem gets knocked, no matter how talented you are, it depletes energy. And when energy is depleted, you end up thinking in a more depressed manner and seeing less options. Um, and so getting out of that cycle, finding systems and supports that will bring you out of that cycle. It's very, very important. And actually, one other thing I'll say about this is that, you know, it's often said that about we're only taking action about 5% about 5% of what we're doing consciously. We're taking action consciously in our lives. The other 95% is driven subconsciously. So if we're not creating the systems to support ourselves for the other 95%, we're going to get sidetracked. So, Setting up some sort of systems for yourself, you know, are, is, you know, absolutely crucial in terms of bringing out the best in yourself as a leader, as, as an entrepreneur, or, you know, just in any career. I'll come to systems in a moment. Uh, a couple of things you've said with me resonate. I recognize that inner conflict a lot, the feeling that I have to do this. And sometimes I struggle with things like self-organization. Interestingly, quite a few trainers have said to me, this is how I ended up working for myself because I couldn't hack it working in an office with people. Um, yeah. The way the office was run made me feel that I'm better off actually working for myself. When I work for myself as a consultant or trainer or coach or something else, sometimes things actually become worse because although I should be marketing myself or attending events or designing programs, I just can't get organized. It's like a double-edged sword. A lot of people in ADD are frustrated um, or with ADD are frustrated with their ability to get things done at work. So they gravitate into self-employment and then the struggle becomes even worse. I want to first of all talk about um, the strategies that you have that deal with the stress of running a business. If you're listening to this right now saying, this is me, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a self-employed consultant or coach or something, 
and I'm feeling this is really tough. I thought that working for myself would be an outlet. It's now becoming um, a problem. What are the strategies that we can use to deal with that stress? Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, it is a choice quite often for people to work for themselves, to have that direct engagement. And, you know, um, but then the the struggle there is the self-discipline. You know, you've got no one to answer to quite often. Um, you know, and Abraham Joshua Heschel said, you know, the fruit of self-discipline is self-respect. So if we can bring some sort of uh, support there, that it's going to make all the difference now. Stress-wise, you know, one of the best, um, you know, approaches to the stress that I've ever come across is, you know, stress usually comes when we're doing something and we think we should be doing something else. Mm. If you think back to most times when you're really stressed, you know what, actually where, when, 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 you know, you have to save the baby from the, the oncoming traffic or whatever it is, that's not actually a stress. You just actually have a surge of adrenaline. You go for it and it's like a, a positive, you, you know, you're doing the right thing, but that stress of like, you're writing an email, but you think you should be studying for the exam or you're dealing with this client, but actually, you know, that you're going to lose a massive deal by whatever it is. So how do we, prioritize so that we're doing the right thing in our business and we can get caught up with you know this you know great material from the likes of Stephen Covey um or you know with you know various different you know the four quadrants and the urgent and important mm. and all of those intellectual ways of organizing your time the problem is when people get caught up in that they're they're great strategies but a lot of people will get caught up in the minutiae of urgent and important and where everything is on the spectrum. And they end up actually spending more time on time management than actually getting stuff done, which is a frustration in itself. So how can we cut through all of that? Well, okay. the, the core approach would be uh, an approach to life. Yeah, We only see the true value of things in our lives things and people, sadly, when we lose them. So the key to decreasing the stress, the key to always doing the right thing in your business, in your family life, in your personal life, is to lose your life in advance, to lose your year in advance, to lose your month in advance, to lose your week, to lose your day in advance. What that will do is it will switch on a part of our brain in the ADHD world, it's the part which is holding us back because we need it switched on. It's the executive level thinking. It's the prefrontal cortex, often dimmed down in the, what I call, you know, often genius, uh, otherwise genius ADHD mind. But if the, if the executive level thinking is not switched on, then we don't make the right decision. So how do we access that um, at two o'clock in the afternoon when we're feeling a low? How do we access that prefrontal cortex? So we have to consult what I call the 11 p.m. version of ourselves. We're going to bed tonight and none of these things in front of us on our list, our shopping list of things to do, none of them got done. Which one would we most wish we had got done? And you put a number one beside that. And out of the remaining things, which one would you most wish you had got done? Number two, number three, number four. And by doing that, you're losing the day in advance. I'm not saying, just let's be clear about this. I'm not saying... Yeah which one's most important or which one's easiest or which is low hanging fruit. I'm saying 
it's tonight, none of these things got done. Which one? And what that does is it gets you to emotionally connect to a place in the future whereby you have 2020 vision about what you're really supposed to be doing. And this is why I call this technique the golden ticket to happiness, because you're accessing, it's almost like a cheat sheet to life. You access life in advance. You access the, the, the end of the exam in advance, the answers, by having the 11 p.m. you on your shoulders and saying, well, what would he really wish I had done if I hadn't got any of these things done? And the amazing thing when we do that is somehow intuitively we get all of the four quadrants, the urgent and important, the four different quadrants, we get them all right. We end up doing the firefighting stuff first. If there's a real thing, like, you know, if you don't do this thing, then you'll lose that, you know, $2 million client tomorrow and they'll slap you in the face or <laughs> whatever it is, or a wife will slap you in the face, whatever that thing is, that's going to be that big thing. That's going to be that big loss if, if there's a firefighting thing at the top. And then, amazingly, just at the right time, the game changers come in. You know, that thing, if you do it now, you set up that system, it will make everything in the future easier for you. So if you ask yourself, it's tonight, none of these things got done, which one would I most wish I got done? It will unlock everything in the right order. So that would be step one with what I call the golden ticket. Um, I can go into step two if you'd like, because it's just a, it, it enhances the whole experience. Yeah, uh, let's do that briefly then. Yeah, for yeah okay, just just very briefly then. So a lot of people go, yeah, that, that's great, David. You know, like the only thing is you don't understand life. Like life doesn't work like that. You don't know everything that's going to happen in advance. There's always the X factor that comes up. The guy knocks on your door, the client suddenly sends something to you, urgent this, that, and the other. So I call that the X factor. And the X factor will either be over-prioritized or under-prioritized, which throws us all over the place. But if you've done your GTH, you've done your golden ticket in advance, just a two-minute technique of one, two, three, maximum up to five, yeah, because you won't get up to number 27 anyway, right? Hmm. What we And you're doing the right things. What happens is the X factor comes along Instead of over-prioritizing it because it's in your face or under-prioritizing it because it's in your face, you go, okay, it's tonight. Where does that thing fit in with one and two? And it becomes 1.5 or it becomes 0.5 or it becomes 5.5. It takes its place in the ticketing system, Mm -hmm. which takes, as soon as you move it over from right brain emotion to left brain, it's got a number in my ticketing system. It takes away the stress of it automatically. And suddenly we get to do one thing at a time. We can be Zen with our business and just do number one or 0.5, whatever is first on our ticketing system and hyper-focus with our ADHD and put everything into it and outperform ourselves. Just, you know, Mm. be awesome. People with this neurodivergence or ADD are said to have amazing amounts of creativity, but often to your point, struggle with the executive function. It's what do I do now? And all things seem to be competing for our attention right now. And this is really tough. If you're running your own business uh, and you're the only person in your business, this can have calamitous results. It affects relationships, home life. Um, It can be really tough having this. So I think from the coach's perspective, it's knowing that you're not alone. There are people out there that can help you. There are pros to, to ADD or ADHD or some forms of neurodivergence. 
I know one trainer who's uh, um, what people would call, have called prior to it being relabeled as autism, um, but manages it well. Um, you're a big proponent of, of systems over strategies. And that, again, resonates with me because when I think of what I use a tool like Notion for, Notion.so, I've got to create SOPs or standard operating procedures for everything I do. Otherwise, they don't get done. Because sometimes I'm so hyper-focused on something I'm enjoying, I neglect this, the small aspects of it. Just, just quickly, why do you say systems over strategies when it comes to managing um, something like ADD? Yeah, absolutely. So what happens is that we're only... Five, only 5% of the time are we consciously taking action in our life. 95% of the time, it's subconscious. So if we don't set up, we, we overestimate how much control we have in our lives. Quite often, we're like, oh, well, and what, why didn't I do the reason is because 95% is the subconscious is driving us forward. So that's why we have to have the systems that are there to support us when we are in autopilot. And the best op, you know, way of seeing this is when if you've ever driven a long motorway and you're like, what, what, what was I thinking about this whole time? You know, and yet you still operate it. But you've got a system there to support you, which was the driving training. Yeah. However, it, with regard to people with ADHD, as you rightly pointed out, there's a great system that's built into us, which is that feedback, constant feedback with other people. And so we, in Expresso Coaching, we're very much about being there as a person. There are all sorts of apps out there for people with ADHD, but in my, what I've seen is none of None of them really carry people past a few days or a few weeks because after a while, we just don't care what that app thinks of us. You with, with ADHD, with, with progress, with follow through, we have to care about that social psychology that's in us from evolution. We care about what other people think of us. So we have people who are experts who have worked with people switching on their prefrontal cortex. We serve people in 20, 28 countries around the world. Four minutes a day, Monday to Friday, excluding bank holidays, national holidays. And what happens is the person is carried through every day because they know this person who knows this their, their life is there for them the next day mm-hmm. with a system, with a support. And so they raise their game. They get into this flow state. And so they, they rise to the occasion. Um, they're held accountable to what they said they'd do. The person, the coach switches on the prefrontal cortex by getting the client emotionally connected to where they want to be. And they help resolve the kind of procrastinations that often come up with ADHD, which by the way, are not down to laziness. They're not down to lack of motivation, always, always rooted in fear. Yes. It's unleashing that. And that support system has created a bit of a revolution in the ADHD world and people are achieving things they never thought they could. How many coaches do you have on your books? And I'm speaking to you now as a business owner. Um, Yeah. So we have six coaches that are supporting people in 28 different countries. There's a seventh coach coming on board uh, very shortly. Uh, But uh, these coaches, um, the six that are there, have a huge amount of experience working with people time and time again, a huge amount of super fan clients that um, because they're just finally achieving what they thought they could. It's that 
I think I mentioned it to you earlier about, you know, often our clients will say, you know, I'm only doing 5% of what I thought I was capable of. And, and this is about unleashing that other 95% and actually saying, you know what, I'm not going to rely on myself anymore. I'm going to set up a system that supports me. And people just get better month after month. We, we, we don't lock people in for six months, 12 months or anything like that. We don't believe in any of that. Either this is a perfect game changer fit for people or we want people to fly the nest. And if people are struggling with following through, if they feel like they're sort of three out of 10 in terms of following through consistently on a day-to-day basis, highly likely this is a game changer for them. If you're running your own business and you feel this is something you could get help with, then please take some action. Don't just wallow. Um, I know I did and I'm glad I did. And I think it's something I've I've wanted to talk to someone about for a long time. And and David, all I can say is thank you so much for serving our audience and thank you for being my guest on the show. Where can people find out more about you? Oh, thank you so much, Mark. Um, we're on expressocoaching.com. Um, you can check us out. You can check out the original story with Joe, exactly what happened. And um, if you're intrigued, then you know, book a discovery call. We could be speaking uh, next week. Thank you so much again, David. Talk soon. Take care. Thank you. My huge thanks to David for being my guest today. And thanks to you for listening, for tuning in to listen to this week's episode of the Training Business Podcast. If you have a question or a suggestion for a great episode like this one, you can email me directly via mark at trainingbusiness.com. The team and I, Sam, Joe, James, and Turul, really appreciate your loyalty and your time today. So please tell other people about the podcast. Share this on LinkedIn, other trainers, other people wanting to be trainers or coaches. This is the show that will help them start their business, grow their business, scale their business. Please click on follow or subscribe to be notified of great episodes as they come out each week on your podcast platform of choice, whether it's Apple or Stitcher or something else. Until next week, keep leading, keep coaching, keep selling, keep training. Bye for now. Thanks once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. See you next time.